Um, so we're going to hear, Mike said to me, he said, I hope you've got your running shoes. It's going to be 27 years and 10 minutes. So uh, let's go. Thanks, Sarah. It's actually going to be 48 years because we might as well go to the beginning. Anybody ever wonder what 40 years looks like coming out of a man's pocket? There it goes. So I hope you can hear me clearly. I consider this an honour and a privilege to share with you the goodness of our God. All that he has done, the finished work at the cross of our Lord and Saviour, the sanctifying and continued work of his precious Holy Spirit. Father, be glorified. So I'm circa 73, 48 years of age, didn't grow up in a churchy family. There was some form of reverence to our father, but that was as far as it went. And my furthest back memory was, uh, and excuse me if I feel like I'm talking at you, not to you, I'm new at this. Just sitting on my bed as a very, very, very young boy, it might have been pre-school days, and I remembered looking at my fingers and wondering what it meant to be here. I guess looking back, I was in awe that I was a living soul. Fast forward through my teenage years and life and school and all that stuff, I ran amok and did things and said things and was things. And I guess you'd call that regret if that's how we felt. But we did not feel that way in him. I was 21 years of age and I was playing with some Jenga blocks and uh, making nice symmetrical patterns from a centre, like a beginning. And inadvertently realised on one of these occasions, because I would start again when I ran out of blocks, that uh, one of my blocks was out of order. I didn't realise this until I continued building and I noticed that something was very amiss in one area of this beautiful plan I was in control of. And something went off in me. All of a sudden, I knew there was reason, there was truth, there was purpose, there was all those good things. And it, and it went off in me like a nuclear bomb. I just remembered knowing that I was never going to be the same. There was a, truly a way, there was truly truth. There must be something more to this life. So I went on a search for this thing. Little did I know I was looking for a person. So nine-month journey, and boy, what a journey. I went down all sorts of spiritual rabbit holes. Spiritual, I knew it was. But every step of the way, I remember there was this still small voice. You may be familiar with him. And he said to me one thing and one thing only. Oh. <laughs> Remember, it's not yours. I knew that the thing I was in search of wouldn't really be about me. It wasn't for me to hold and be in charge of. This thing was almost for me. I knew it deep, deep down inside. So every time I went down one of these rabbit holes and I realised that, nah, this was about me. This was going to give me something. This was going to be... For me, almost, I knew it wasn't 
this truth that had touched my heart, touched my soul. And then one day in a new job, I went up to a guy and at the prompting of another who was sick of hearing about all my philosophies and thoughts and <laughs> stuff about what I didn't really know. I went up to a man and I said to him, what do you think the meaning of life is? And my dear friend Peter Robbins said to me, it's a person. It's interesting, Pete. What do you mean it's a person? He looked at me and he said, Michael, I've been waiting all my life for this. I said, what for, Pete? What for, for me? He goes, no, you're not the person. And he told me about Jesus Christ. He told me he died for me. I was like, come on then, mate, let's do this thing. I've got a lot of questions. You and this Jesus better have it together. And I pushed him every lunchtime. I went to his house after work. I got into the Bible. I read what he told me to read. And I was listening for that voice, eagerly listening to this thing that has said to me, remember, it's not yours. And I didn't hear it. It took me about a week to get it all together and realize that this was this truth I was looking for. So I went home. I get down on my knees. And I confessed Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. In my heart, there was this, this peace, this clarity, this stillness that went through this prayer. But in my mind and somewhere else inside of me, there was guttural screams, you fool, what are you doing? You're giving it all away. What is this you're saying? You don't believe this. I loved that because I knew I must be onto something. I was a smart man. I could think my way through things. But none of that made any sense. So off I went. And wow, what a journey. The transformation to some degree was instantaneously. It's instantaneous. I stopped swearing. I felt ways I'd never felt before in my life. But then I came to a roadblock. All of a sudden, there were some requirements on me. I had to... Uh, surrender some things, I had to change some points of view, I had to I didn't know what I had to do but I knew I couldn't do it so I took what I'd got from my God and I says right well I'm going back out to the world for a little bit because I can't quite do this, see I was never really one for backsliding it was either full on or not on, I don't have a halfway switch, I can't half turn the light on and that very first time, I, I remembered I, there was no way I was going to shake meeting Jesus Christ. Any one of you I've met already, I will never forget you. If reminded, because I might lose the thoughts, I could not deny I'd met you. I was the guy outside the back of the pub having another joint, and people going to me, where's Jesus now? I said, he's still on the throne and working on my heart. Any more questions? They had none. And then something wondrous happened, even just that first time, our father, he called me home. I could hear him calling from the gates of his kingdom saying, sunshine, it's all right, I've done something for you. <laughs> oh, Lord, you're so good. And with my tail between my legs, and still all my questions in my head, I'd go home and I'd see that in his embrace, 
He had done those things that I couldn't do. And this didn't happen just once, team. (laughs) This has been my life up until about three years ago. There was so much coming and going. But God was the faithful one. He kept me from my own hand. I should not be standing here before you today, but that's another testimony. I got to the point where I realised that all the understanding of doctrine would be of no use to me because he is unsearchable. I got to a place where I realised that his love for me is greater than I will ever understand. It is my place to learn to love him. I learned forgiveness through wronging my beautiful wife in so many ways. But she was able to forgive me. I couldn't forgive myself. I was this wretched man professing Jesus Christ to be Lord, but so unable to follow that which he called me to do. I knew there was something pure about me. This was my soul. This was who God had made me to be. But I had this mind that was being renewed. I was understanding what he meant to me and who I was to him and what he requires of me. And But there was this other thing churning away in me, this deceitful, wicked heart. And I'm sorry if that sounds harsh, team, but the word tells us that our heart is deceitfully wicked and who can know it? I got to a point where I knew God had done everything I'd ever asked him to do. There was nothing more that I could say I didn't have. There was nothing. There was nowhere to go this time. I couldn't go back out to the world and search for that thing that I thought I needed and actually find that Dad called me home again and had done it like he did every time. I knew now I, not only did I have to follow him, but I wanted to follow him with all that I was, but I was desperately unable, desperately incapable because of the wickedness in my heart. My wife will remember that day clearly because I walked about the house and she followed me as if I was going to do something to myself. And the reality is, it's true because I needed to die. I needed to die to my my hopes, my fears, my dreams, my aspirations, what I thought I was able to do and what I knew I couldn't do, all of this had to go up onto that cross that Jesus had called me to take up and follow him with. So I prayed the only thing I thought I could pray, and that was the way David did. Lord God created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I was broken. I was at the end of myself and in desperate need of this transition. Because 25 years had proven I could not make this thing happen. God, you must do this for me. Guess what, team? He did that very thing. I remember I came out of that secret place with him that day, and I knew I was not the same. I could feel it in me. There was a clean, something was clean in me. There was this, 
there was, oh, it was so, it was so amazing. But my problem was that through my own experience, I felt like I did not deserve it. It was a hard three days with a lot of praying. <laughs> and then my God said to me, no more sunshine. I don't want to hear any more about what you've done. Your new heart does not know anything about this. I have given you a heart of flesh. And I am going to put my righteousness over that to protect it. It won't be yours. I'll teach you how to follow me. I will reveal my love to you. I will teach you all the things that you've ever struggled to do or understand. But I don't want to hear any more of the past. So I've separated those things from you as the east is from the west. Just trust me. See, all our Father calls us to do is to believe. To believe to the ends of ourselves. He will do it all. We just need to believe. Just believe him. Believe him with your fears. Believe him with you. I mean, we hear this stuff all the time. I know we do. But just believe him. I don't know how many minutes I've got left here. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of time. Just love him. Just believe him and love him. Don't try to figure him out. We've got enough work trying to figure ourselves out. And that's not what he wants us to do either. He just wants us to believe him. Believe what he says in his word and love him. When we love him, we will begin to love one another. Ours is to accept that he is sovereign. That his kingdom come and will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what I've come to learn is that really only a dead man can fulfill that call. Because it truly is the resurrective power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead that functions in each and every one of us to fulfill anything that our Father will call us to do. There is no other way. Not your desire, not your intent. There's nothing but the work of the Holy Ghost in us that will continue the sanctifying work fulfilled in the man that is our living, risen Lord and Saviour. I've had a fantastic week doing this. I've learned so many things. I've learned about the soul. You know, our hearts are deceitfully wicked and who can know it? If you believe yours is, I encourage you with so much grace and mercy and care and consideration to just go to our Father and ask him for that heart of flesh. Continue to read his word. Get it in you as if it is water. Without it, you will not survive. And without the word of God, you will not be transformed. But that will be the renewing of your mind because your mind as it is, without it, is enmity against God. This body I live in will decay away and I will be given a new one. 
There's always this transformation going on with all these areas of our lives, but you are a living soul. The enemy cannot touch it. He cannot change it. He cannot tempt it. He cannot own it. This has been given you by the living God, and Jesus Christ gave his life to save yours. Just trust him. Believe him. Love him. I thank you, Lord, for this morning. Father, bless your people. Bring unity into our midst, Father. Let love rule and reign. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.